Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And with me, Robbie. And this week, we return to our must-see horror feature, looking at the greatest, or maybe we decide not so greatest, (laughs) must-see, maybe top 100 films that you should see. And this week, we have landed upon Dario Argento's Suspiria. And I, I was uh, I was pretty happy we landed on this one because <laughs> I only watched it for the first time about two weeks ago. Um, I'm not sure how I went so long not watching it because I'm a massive fan of Dario Argento. So I'm not sure how I went so long, <laughs> but I'm really glad that we are actually talking about it because I watched it and then I messaged you. <laughs> I've been listening to the soundtrack basically like non-stop since. Uh, and yeah, it's it's just an incredible film. Um, yeah, um, I've to to be honest, um, I thought I had seen, but I've not watched an Argento film before. Really? I thought I had. I thought I'd had. Um, was it Deep Red? Yeah, Deep Red. Deep Red. I thought I'd actually watched that, but I don't know why. I think I'd seen part of it, but I haven't actually watched the whole film. Yeah. So I was completely, and I think I was partially mixing Fulci and Argento up in my head. I mean, I could kind of see that to be honest. Um, they're I, both Italian. I think, I think <laughs> they're both <laughs> Italian. They both have the uh, giallo kind yeah, of um, influence. You know, influence. They both do, you know, Giallo being the you know, horror thriller kind of slashes, that kind of Italian yeah. kind of drama. And also one of them, one of part of that that's kind of been linked with that is this famous dubbing kind of that yeah. happens um, within the style where they can use multiple actors of different, but then bring them together to be in one kind of yeah. genre. Um, so I, you know, that I think that part's where I've got that. Um, from seeing Suspiria, the, the first thing that did pop into my head actually was that um, although I've actually enjoyed the Fulci films I've seen, Argento is a diff. I do believe is a different level of. Film. Oh, I think hell he's yeah. a far. I think he's a bet a better film. I no, I would agree. I than think. Fulci is uh, Fulci. I would say is a little bit less, uh, a bit more crass. Yeah, I would say a bit more. You know, he's he's a bit more the the down and dirty, the almost reminding me not not trauma levels. But he's got a little bit more of that kind of sick, twisted kind yeah. of... Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of a director who, you know, within the Western world, that's more of the... Uh, um, he, I, he, I guess, I don't know if it's a, 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 a Robert Rodriguez or Eli Roth kind of a Fulci. Yeah. I Whereas I would put Argento closer to a... a Spielberg. Uh, yeah, I put you know, a carpenter. You know, maybe, a carpenter. You know? uh, yeah, 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 yeah. A carpenter or yeah, that, that kind of that that level. More, yeah. he's got more of a vision. I would say there was a clear vision, a clear. Actually, what I would say, auteur. Oh yeah, hell of, he hell has of, a clear kind of his vision, and you can clearly see that. Not that Fulci doesn't have certain things which you can say that's a hundred percent Fulci, <laughs> but. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I do think that Argento, just just from seeing this film, I could tell because I was putting them in the same league as each other. And I yeah. would say, I'm, now I've seen Suspiria, I'm like, okay, these are very different filmmaking styles. The, 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 almost in my head, the only link is the dubbing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they, they both share some of the same idiosyncrasies that Italian horror films have. So yeah. one of the one of the things that you get very common in um italian horror films of this era is that you will get like a, a, it, it can seem as if the music is say 
quite poorly edited, but it's kind of how it is. So there's yeah. there's scenes, for instance, where it will like it will go it will move to one scene and the music will be extremely loud um and yeah. goblins do an incredible soundtrack for this oh the soundtrack's fantastic yeah. and there's this one particular uh song which is actually called witch and it's the really heavy drumming one the doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo and there's moments where that is extremely loud for a character and then they might go through a door and it suddenly stops yeah. And then something else might happen and it'll cut back in. So I think that's one of the, the same idiosyncrasies they have is they don't often, they won't like uh, a more Hollywood or traditional Yeah, they don't feel like traditional soundtracks, traditional music. Obviously yeah. this one being such a, you know, almost with the style of the director, then having this quite heavy, rocky kind of soundtrack. Yeah is not it doesn't like gel completely i do think that this one actually oddly enough with the film and the very strong colorization and visuals yeah i do think that that actually weirdly enough for me i think the soundtrack actually fits perfectly oh, whereas yeah. with um new york ripper that we did recently that soundtrack almost really it did in a kind of odd cop way but yeah it just really didn't match and i've had that in the same with the other zombie two yeah you know where I said the music just although it's got a weird in that one it is actually kind of a banger there's some great ones in <laughs> there's there there's some but bangers but it, it just didn't match whereas weirdly with this one with the this one almost feels and the music kind of goes with that like a pyrotechnic show yeah where you're, you know you're going to see laser lights and you're going to see um, fireworks and weirdly enough I feel like this soundtrack perfectly reflects that um, it doesn't you know at times it might throw you off more because of the more the human character kind of yeah. parts of the film. But when it goes fully into the supernatural parts of the film, the soundtrack fucking works amazing. Incredibly. And, and, then, and it is great. Regardless, it's a great music. It, it And that's a, that's definitely a more Carpenter thing in my yeah. head that was popping up. That's why Carpenter actually would be a perfect one in my head because he his distinct music is very music. distinct. Yeah, and this is distinct for him. And, and it's, it's interesting because Goblin, or the Goblins, as the, the, the said <laughs> in this film, they actually made the film before they saw it. They made the music before they saw it. Yeah. So, which is quite interesting. But then, Goblin, uh, they do the music for I think every Argento film that they've done. Mm. Um, they work quite very close together. And then the the front man or the the kind of main guy behind it, I think he's Claudio Simonetti. He if Goblin didn't do it, then he did it for not just films that. Argento did. Argento did a film called Opera, um, and he did a great music score for that. But then he also did it for some films like Demons that Argento didn't necessarily direct, but he produced. He, he'd yeah. be banging soundtracks for that. Um, but I, I think that for some reason I just didn't watch this film for a long time. And then a couple of weeks ago, I decided, you know what, I'm going to get stuck into it. I put uh, I put some headphones on, and this genuinely terrified me in moments. It was a lot bloodier than I expected as well. Yeah, um, it's quite, I, it's quite yeah. gory and graphic at parts. Argento is known for doing gorier like films, like if you like Tenebrae and Opera, but in this one, because it's you know it's it's more supernatural horror. I wasn't expecting it to be anywhere to the level of kind of grossness and actually quite wince-inducing moments of it. Um, I mean, the opening of the film kind of opens with that super, 
like creepy, enchanting, like chime esque music with the weird kind of drum. Yeah. Um, as Susie kind of arrives, arrives on the, in, with in the, German, the storm yeah. and the, yeah, all of that. Yeah, and the the storm and kind of lightning, and you've got that very opera. It's a very like whoa, what's going on? like? You almost expect it. it, it weirdly enough, in the film, it, you almost expect. <laughs> You were almost expecting something bigger to happen than her just kind of arriving in the yeah. cab. It almost seems like it's you're ready for some like big, huge moment to play out, kind of thing. Yeah. Like, like someone's being attacked or chased or like straight away. When it's actually yeah. just kind of her arrival in this unsettledness and, and again, just her general. I think her general being out of her kind of normal, you know, out of her normal waters of yeah. coming from America and feeling out of her place. And I feel like, again, that plays really nicely with this whole kind of, um, ev- you know, you've arrived in the middle of a storm and you've arrived yeah. and everything and you see you're anxious and you're unsure and all of this is just adding on to it. And the music kind of plays and, um, and we'll come back to it later, but at the end, this actually comes around in a very kind of yeah. full circle way. <laughs> and there's also, this is, uh, yeah, again, going back to, what I said about the music cutting in and out. Yeah. Whenever Susie is looking outside of the door, you know, <coughs> of the, of I'm guessing the airport, um, we see that music playing, do 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 do, and then it cuts back to her, and it's not, and then there, and then also like you know, uh, one of the things that's really well done in this film is the is the color palette. You know. Oh yeah. He Argento wanted to do something similar to like. Um, it was a, it was at, at like an antiquated technique by then, but similar to like what they did with like the Wizard of Oz, you know, where it's like yeah. it's bold colors, it's like a free strip, it's like a free strip color palette or something like that. And this is the first time, yeah, like re, uh, red screens and blues, kind yeah, of thing, yeah. This is the first time we see that red hue outside of the airport, and obviously, like the film looks incredible and a lot of red is used that's not like a new thing you know that people no. listening will be like oh I, I didn't notice the red but a lot of it you can tell is not just um, <coughs> it's not just the added colour palette yeah it's the sets Set have actually designs. been designed to have that colour palette kind of come through like he's made giant rooms where they've added like textures so that the colour can be reflected around yeah. the room and so that everything from white sheets that can then go red when the colour comes and all that kind of thing, like all of that, like I thought the set design and the color used in this film was just beautiful at times. Yeah, uh, but also really added to effect. It's such a bright, colorful film. To be honest, it, it, it's something for me that rose this film. Oh yeah, the just the way that it felt so different because of this style that was added. It felt yeah. so different than other horrors or supernatural horrors. Um, where you have this kind of duller tone, and yeah. I know it's something for the remake that was criticised for the remake. I haven't watched the remake. No, um, I, I almost considered watching it just because I was like, oh, I am still like intrigued. Yeah, I'm, I'm um, definitely going to watch it now. But I know that it's something that in the remake goes with much duller tone. It, it's dull. It doesn't use these bright colours yeah. in that way. It's more um, muted because the director totally. felt that it was that was kind of outplayed and there was nothing yeah. new to do with that colour kind of scheme. Which for me, I kind of feel like all horror films nowadays, quite a lot of them look quite dull and muted tones. And I would have, yeah. I would have embraced a much more this. I uh, this is kind of why I enjoyed this like more even than I expected because almost a lot of for me is kind of the visuals of this film and the music is what rose this for me above, you know, a lot of others. Yeah. And I mean, 
there's the the whole of the like that you know when Susie arrives at the Tans Academy, you know this kind of prestigious dance school um, in the in like the in the middle of Germany in like the fucking backwoods. Um, yeah. pr- the whole building is red, and uh, you know um, later when they go inside, like the inside is blue, but then a lot of the rooms are red. A lot of the characters have red. Whenever there is a supernatural element, there's like a red light or a red hue. Yeah. And I think the colours are used incredibly. But another thing that Argento does really well when we're talking about kind of like visually what he does is he often plays with the themes of like duality. It's really heavily featured in uh, Tenebrae. But in this film, you often see that locations kind of look as if they're just mirrors of each other. You know, like, if, you know, we're, we're kind of, like, moving through the plot. Um, you know, yeah. Susie gets there, and then, um, <coughs> you know, this student's leaving, and as she kind of runs through the woods and goes to her friend's house, she arrives in there, and everything is just this whole apartment building. is just a mirror of these red patterns and, yeah. you know, apartments <laughs> in the same situations. Um and I, I was really shocked by kind of just how gory the opening kill was. Um, there, there's this moment where, um, you know, uh, where we, we, that's when the witch uh, theme first starts playing, when Pat is running through the woods. Yeah. The heavy drums and the kind of like, almost well, like the... tribal kind of chanting in the background. Well, it's one thing, like, in, in that scene that you notice where the uh, the camera's extremely, like, fast kind of darting as yeah. she, like... Because you kind of go far away and close as she's yeah. moving through the woods. Um, and I think that it's something else that's really interesting in this film. The camera work is because you're never still. No, the camera it moves the, Not only have you got the front of, of the colours are constantly changing or... The sets almost feel like they're constantly moving in some way. There's either yeah. even when it's just a breeze, you've got the curtains kind of moving in and out. Yeah. Um, but that's also because the camera is kind of was on the you know like dolly system, but yeah. it was constantly moving throughout the whole film. So you had this you had the soundtrack that constantly felt like it was rising and falling and rising and falling. Yeah. And, and I think that is what adds really to that sense of nature. Like it like in that scene when she's running through the wood, woods is you, as a viewer, constantly feel like you're not still or calm. Yeah. You constantly feel unnerved, and it's created by the sense of everything. It is camera, colour, music, all of your senses. You know, if, if he could have... Yeah, I was going to say, if he could have, I feel like Argento would have been out of there just being like, right, on your tongue, here's some salt. Yeah. Now sugar, now yeah. salt, now sugar. You know what I mean? Like, he literally would have played with everything he could have. Like, yeah. feeling, he would have been like, I'm going to burn you. Yeah. Now here's an ice. Now yeah. here's some ice to cool that down. The now I'm going to burn experience. you again. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's Argento's 4D. just stood behind you just like, so all right, I'm just cutting your ear off. Yeah. And now I'm going to sew it back up. Um, and I've given you some uh, morphine for that. Yeah. And now I'm going to cut the part that doesn't have any morphine coming. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm going to. And that's just like that is kind of what this film feels like. It feels like constant like unease, constant yeah. settle. And yeah, and that that would that scene through the woods is good because it darts back between her running in the woods 
and then you dart back to uh, you know the woman in the, uh, Susie in the taxi yeah. Susie in the taxi and it is that kind of like holy shit like what what's happening and what who's how does she relate to this and you don't know yeah. what's going on and what and uh, Pat when she's running through the woods yeah. is the only one who has the the music on her you know yeah. whereas Susie doesn't and it that links in because you know it's that's basically the the curse and the witchcraft is being focused on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, a lot. Of, it does feel like a lot of the music is quite often um, when it is obviously a more supernatural element are yeah. like really at play. Is when you feel it a lot higher, a lot right, or like yeah. you said, the witch music is a lot more there. Or even when he's about like uh, looking out upon when she's looking out, she hear the music, but not when she's there. It's almost like this when you enter this country this city when yeah. you actually go through those doors like the second she goes out into the rain and the thunder and the music rises um this is you, this is you like entering you're about to go into the supernatural world yeah you're about to go into this fantasy this fairy tale because it, it feels like, like when you're in the there's a cup there, there are a few scenes outside of the tans academy um like there's there's like a a, a german bar there's the airport uh, there's there's obviously Pat's friend's apartment, yeah. but most of those, whilst they do feature like some element of red, they don't have the same like fever dream feeling yeah. as the Towns Academy. Um, and when I mean when going to like the first kill or the the first two kills, um, when uh, there's a there's a great kind of scare in it where uh, Pat gets to her friend's house and we see like we see the mirror. Or no, we see the window, yeah. and there's like uh, there's like a coat hanging out or something. So it looks like the outline of the person, and like in the corner of your eye, you see it, and then you're like, oh no, it's not a person. You kind of <laughs> you get safe. She stares out, and you know we have like the music starting to build, and we see like the glowing eyes, oh, and then yeah. it stops, and you're like, oh, she's safe. And then the hand breaks through, grabs her. And this is where I thought, okay, this is this is the first kill, and this is where it's gonna cut off. Where yeah, I thought she's exactly smashing her face again. I thought, it. yeah, it's it's smashing through. And it, you were almost expecting her to be like impaled on the glass or something, and that was good. That or, was the end. or to be thrown through, or yeah. taken through the window, or even just so crushed against it and cut, killed. It cuts off, doesn't yeah. it? At that point, so you think, okay, that was it. That was the death. You don't yeah. expect it to go on with the further. Yeah, I was very surprised when it almost goes back. It almost feels like it went return to a normality for a second when she's like lying on the ground and obviously because it has this shadowy figure approaching yeah. with the the knife and the stabbing, which I was like, I was I was just like, oh my god, like we've gone through. She's been attacked at the window and now she's being brutally yeah, stabbed, brutally and it's like holy shit, okay, like and then she and then it you think okay, so she's been brutally stabbed, so that's it. And then it drags well, her up to the... And then she gets stabbed. So, yeah, she gets a couple of stabs. Yeah. And you're like, okay, that's like, you know... That's a that's ooh, that's a more intense opening kill than I expected. And then she gets stabbed in the heart. Yeah. And you're like, oh, fucking hell. Like, it's an actual... They, they, I mean, they, they obviously didn't stab her yeah, in the yeah, heart. Yeah. But, then, but then, they use something that looks similar to it, you know. Like a pig's heart. Because you you flick back to like Susie and things like that, obviously screaming, knocking on the door, things like that. Like back. Well, yeah, her mate. Her... And she's only just, yeah, and she's only just like met these, like, the not, but, but you know, I mean, she's only just met like someone and she's she's so good, like, you can, it's like straight away for her, basically. As soon yeah. as she's arrived, shit is going down. 
um, which is really confusing. As soon as she's like in Germany, it's like shit's just gone straight yeah. hit the fan. Um, but then you go back to Pat getting dragged up. Yeah. On top of the the, the glass, which is such a cool, it's cool shot. Red. The way she's like, mis- like kind of dragged through, like in this odd kind of supernatural yeah. slash. And you're kind of you're still in this kind of is this a slasher or is this a supernatural? Yeah, because there's it's a, a weird there, one, isn't it? But you've had glowing eyes and you've had weird stuff happen with the room and the lights and the colours and you're like, yeah. are, are we getting a bit of both? What's going on here? And then yeah, she goes onto that and she gets her head smashed through the glass at the top. Yeah, and you see her sticking through. It's like okay. And- and then Susie's obviously coming in. Well, it's not bottom. Susie, it's her. It's not, oh, it's, it's, not Su- it's, um, it's Pat's mate. Pat's mate, yeah. Who's... I, mean, I don't know her name. <laughs> Pat's yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's coming in at the bottom. Yeah. The, like I said. And then you can just, but the shot is the big, wider one where you can just see Pat's head. Yeah, just like, through hanging, it, like through. hanging through. Hanging <laughs> through. Um, and even then, you still think it's going to be something like that's, uh, it. that's it, she's dead there, or she's going to, or again, like there's a shard of glass beside her. You almost think, is she going to be completely finished off by like. Yeah. Onto it. But no, then it breaks. Yeah, then it breaks and she gets fucking hung. Yeah. <laughs> hung there, like, snapped so the cord. Yeah, it is, um, it's probably, it, it, it's, it's such a long down death. Yeah. That you feel insane. really bad for her even though you don't know her. <laughs> no, it's brutal, man. And then, like, it's just fucking, it's really shocking. And then the glass shatters and kills Pat's mate. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're like, this is like five minutes Being into Being a the pal, film. yeah, the shard, yeah. shard of glass, yeah, of course. This is like five minutes into it, you know. And two are dead. And two are dead. And yeah. you're like, what the fuck has happened? Yeah, it's, you know? so, it's so cool. That whole scene, I thought, that, that, in fact, that might have been one of my, <laughs> just might have been my overall favourite kill of the film, but I know it's early. There are some other yeah. good ones. There are but um, I, I really enjoyed it. I just thought all of that, it just played out. So it, it felt like it played with you. Yeah, like the audio in a, in a it's permanent my expectations. Not, definitely not fiddling with me. Yeah, it's fiddling with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Argento 4D experience. Yeah. He whacks you off whilst you watch. Yeah, he whacks you off while he's uh, while he sets you on fire. Yeah, the <laughs> mixture of arousal. Yeah. the mixture of arousal and also burning flesh. Yeah. <laughs> this um, is mix. But it's such it's such a good opening. And like I said, I I I'm familiar with like later. Argento work yeah. where he is doing well this was seen as like his first foray into more of a supernatural that's, that's what I mean whereas before it was more of a horror thriller kind of a well, before it was more thriller. giallo yeah know? yeah because he did um, he did uh, four flies on a velvet suit I think he did Certain the bird birds. bird with the crystal birds punch crystal, yeah. which gets paid like a little bit of tribute to later on um, so the films that he did before were, you know, like more giallo, whereas yeah, yeah. this was like supernatural. So yeah, I was thinking, more, okay. more more thriller slashes, yeah, like, like or like killer kind of murder yeah. women and all that kind of mix of stuff that happened. So I was thinking, oh, it's going to be like much more supernatural yeah. than it's going to be like. Oh, you just get you, you watch two women get brutally murdered in the first five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, and then the you know we start to get to know the characters in the academy, Miss yeah. Tanner and all those, which has an interesting because again, um, which is interesting because obviously part of that kind of that trait that you're used to, um, which isn't actually a lot of, um, I know at one point I thought that a lot of people mistake Giallo being the use of sound, yeah, 
instead of the the character traits of horror that are used within Italian cinema. Yeah. Um, but the giallo part has more been seen as a trait that comes with it. Um, not the giallo part. The dubbing part yeah. is the part that's come. A lot of people relate that to Italian horror giallo because of the way that they use, as I said before, different international casts are yeah. quite often used. And, but the Italian directors used it as a dubbing technique to, you know, so that they could use them while having the same kind of voices or matching voices yeah. and things like that. Sometimes it was to kind of throw off an inconsistency. But the interesting one in this one is that um, not all of the voices are no. dubbed. No, For instance, not. like um, Especially Miss, not, uh, yeah. Madame Blanc is just speaking, you can tell, yeah. she's just speaking in her standard British, uh, she meant German, but uh, yeah. British kind of accent. She's speaking English. She's, yeah. English. she's just speaking clear. And and you same can, as perfect. Yeah. So it kind of throws you throws you off in that Susie's pretty dubbed I think Susie isn't not in the English mix I don't think oh she seen that the one I was watching she seemed very like I she think... was American the accent that was Susan the protagonist right yeah 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 the hers seemed off it really yeah. I thought it wasn't because <laughs> I, I read that um, Argenta was a bit like upset because in the Italian one she was going to be done over yeah whereas yeah, yeah. in the English one the English mix, she isn't. So whether okay. it's just, I don't know, whether it's because like the... Well, the, the dubbing definitely wasn't uh, perfectly aligned for her character yeah. on mine. Maybe. Whereas uh, Mrs., uh, Madame Blanc was like... She was good. And the other one was pretty good. Um, there's two, there's the, there's the German one and then the British one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they were, they yeah, were fine. They were the, the, it was mainly the, those two that I noticed. So we were like, "Oh, you guys, you're done. You, you, you just seem perfectly sound. Like the editing was yeah. perfect. Whereas it was like some of the other characters. I was like, you don't all match. And there was one character that was like, again, where I always find one character that just doesn't match the sound. Yeah. And trying to figure which one. I don't know if it was, I think it was the blind piano guy. Yeah, the when, blind piano. When guy. he talked, it was Daniel, like, he doesn't fit. Like, that does not match your voice at all. No, it's often it. It's often like uh, the the uh, the more side characters because I noticed that you know just, just like jumping forward um, the scene where they're all sleeping in the hall and yeah. they're talking about uh, some boy. There is one woman who isn't actually like uh, you know a big part in it. I think this is the only line she has, and she says, "Why don't you shut up? Some of us want to sleep." And it looks like her mouth doesn't even move, you know. <laughs> Whereas the other guys are just like kind of, like casually chatting. Um, but I think the, the the characters that we do get are like an interesting mix. It it does seem that you're gonna get a few more characters than you do because you get um you know you get the obviously you you get Susie you get the uh, Romanian guy Pavlos who they're basically like um. He don't don't worry about him. He's really ugly, but he he only speaks Romanian, so don't worry about him. <laughs> uh, you get Sarah. You get um, Olga. You get she's Olga. The one who she was meant to live in the apartment with, but then but throws then, her out. But then you don't really see Olga much after no, that. No, you hit. I just remember, I remembered hearing her when they were talking about that because when she first comes yeah. into the locker room and she has to borrow shoe the shoes. Yeah. and a girl makes it odd like. I'll give you them for fifteen, uh, whatever, <laughs> and she's and she's like, oh, I just need them for today, and she's like, well, I guess so, but give them back. It's like in a proper like turn. It's like, what the fuck? I've actually got a list of everyone who was dubbed. Um, so uh, Jessica Harper, who was Susie, wasn't. Uh, Sarah wasn't. Flavio Bucci, who was Daniel, 
uh, actually wasn't. Um, I know he was a he was a a big. Is that dubbed though? Is in terms of because there's obviously they can still record their own lines, but in a lot of these films they record them separately from when it's done, which is why yeah. they seem out of place. That's why. So it can still be like Susie was still doing the voice. I just mean like. I, it, it matched her voice unlike some of them but yeah. what they do with some of them is they re-record the lines after they've done the film yeah, with other, with which other is what makes sometimes. them out of place so sometimes it is the actual actors yeah. um, but the the dubbing can sometimes be when it's a different actor who takes over like in this yeah. one whereas some of the recording editing on this one it seems like they've used the original the, the actual yeah, original sound has been used whereas um, in a lot of um Italian horror they normally don't have any no they don't they have not they just they have dub. no, they dub no sound everything. and then they dub everything whereas in this one he's actually it seems like he's actually used he has actually used sound recording yeah. at first when they were doing it then he's gone back and he's dubbed the actual actors whereas what some people would say dubbing is when they're dubbed with another completely different actor together, yeah. which is what a lot of like the Fulci ones is quite often completely different actors like even from some of the main ones he's gone like yeah, we couldn't get them into record again, so now we have to use a different actor to fill in the To role. do their voice, yeah. Um, well, I'm guessing it was the uh, maybe the second option where it's somebody else because, yeah, it says... So um, Mark is dubbed in English by a different actor. Yeah. Um, the Doctor is dubbed by a different actor. Olga is dubbed by a different actor. Um one of the professors dubbed is by Mark, a different actor. Sorry, I was just thinking Mark is the the boy, the, like the he's one, the one boy. that they seem like interested. Yeah, because yeah. he's the he's the only handsome boy. <laughs> he's the only handsome boy. Yeah. Um, the police inspector's dubbed. Argento is the narrator, and he was actually dubbed. <laughs> <laughs> they dubbed him himself. I mean, he probably did it in Italian anyway. Yeah. Um, but we, we, you know, we get introduced to like the the main characters, and they all seem like kind of slightly eccentric but they also all have that element that you do get in italian horror of slight melodrama you know yeah, like euro yeah. horror has an element of it, it, slightly it, over the top it is it is one element that makes it hard at times for like yeah. um for like for like me watching them without having seen certain ones before getting used to that kind of melody the there is a part of me, like I said before, like for me, the the, the music and the colour and the, just the visuals in general really rise the film. Yeah. Um, there is still with some of these Italian horror where I do it sometimes feel like sometimes, not the kills and stuff, but sometimes it feels like the story, like not a huge amount happens or yeah. it feels a bit like soapy at times or just well, because the dialogue is not a myth. I yeah. do sometimes feel like I love everything but the script. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's kind of one of the... That's part of the... the, uh, the It's either part of the charm. Like, I really vibe yeah. with that. But So I, I can definitely see how some people would be like, actually, it, it creates a bit of a disconnect because you have something that is kind of so violent, such as the yeah. opening kills, and then you kind of... You, you pair it with, you know... With slight melodrama, and yeah. You either, I think, you either really get it or you kind of. It is. I think it's hard. Like we had this conversation with New York Ripper one about Fulci about like what we would deem as you know like yeah standard classical great filmmaking yeah. And I do think that's why I, I think Agento in all of the visuals and stuff like that I think is great. There's yeah. some great filmmaking here. 
even more than I thought I saw with Fulci kind of in oh, a lot yeah, of ways. There's much more of a vision and auteur style. Um, I do just it just still is getting used to that kind of fact of like can I say a script where I think a lot of the dialogue at times is not great? Yeah. Can I can I still deem <laughs> that as what I would say is great? But it's it that doesn't come down to the filmmaking part of it. I think is the difference. Yeah. Um. I I think that comes down that that comes down to sensibilities and different cultures. That's it. And yeah. a lot of different cultures in in Italian in in French films I've seen like each one has a different sensibility. Things they love about certain things. Like if you watch say fr- for like France, their humor. They have very like, yeah. very what I would call cheesy childish humor. They love the asterisks and ob- old school. You know, really like yeah. what you would look at and go. You know, they absolutely adore like the Charlie Chaplin design. Yeah, uh, like that as well is good. But they also really love just really cheesy. And when you watch it from like our point of view, yeah. we're watching it going like this is fucking terrible. This is this is awful. Like, but it's not your sensibility, you know. It's exactly. A, and with Italian, you have to kind of adapt to the fact that this is what Italian audiences enjoy in that style, okay. or this is what they're used to. That's what Argento was raised on. These yeah. kind of style, this kind of and the slight. And sometimes if their if their if their dialogue seems a bit like soapy or things like that, look at their culture, look at their TV, look at their films. It's it's all there. Yeah, it just is. So I think it just is coming from a British. British Empire yes the British Empire because I could I was about to say American but I was like yeah they were all British Empire once yeah (laughs) (laughs) we we owed you all a long long time ago (laughs) well not us but uh, but it goes I mean last week we were talking about uh, The Wicker Man which if you haven't go check it out we thought that was would have been on Must See Horror but it strangely wasn't yeah Um, but, but that you know that had its own you know certain quirks to it like the soundtrack and the slow burn of it, you know, that is a that's not a very Hollywood thing. That's quite a British thing, you yeah. know. So you have to that like one was said, specific. And as we said, because we're British, we could understand. understand if you were from somewhere else, you wouldn't really get. There's a lot of stuff in the Wicker Man that we mentioned last week yeah. that people would have been lost on. And this is why it's the same thing here. You've yeah. got to take it in that same. You would have a bit of it. There know? is uh, even in. Uh, American kind of ones that is like you know our standard it's the most they make the yeah. most films they make the, the reason it's kind of easier for certain different cultures to immerse themselves into that is because America is a mix of so many different cultures yeah. you are you've kind of brought together so many different ones but you know your basis British Empire <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know so we can get with your sensibilities quite easily because you're that it is quite a, it's just it's just a mix of the basics of different cultures not which is why I'd say some like British uh, filmmaking, where it, when it's very British, like The Wicker Man or or this, yeah. very Italian Argento, you have to have an understanding of their sensibilities more, yeah. which I think is harder to adapt to than maybe a bit more of the really Western American kind of stuff. Well, I mean, we're, we're Western honest, too, but you yeah, know what I mean. Like, <laughs> to be honest, a good example of that, and I think. Like Hollywood obviously dominates the Hollywood now. stuff. You know, that's, Ho- I don't mean in America as a whole. There is no. some really more deep stuff that would yeah, probably be like, oh, we don't really get that context. Um, but definitely, yeah, you're right. The Hollywood. But, yeah, but like Hollywood, I mean, Ho- Hollywood is is such like a a money machine now, and it's so accessible for a lot of things, like how they tell stories and stuff like that. But a good kind of comparison, at least I feel, for something like you know maybe for like. The Wicker Man as being very British in its filmmaking, it, you know, Suspiria as uh, very Italian 
is stuff like westerns, man. If you look at westerns, yeah. they're very American in how they tell stories, yeah. the way in which they're shot, all of that. And it, that might have been, like, you know, a starting point of how, you know, we eventually get to the Hollywood machine, you know? Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. But I think, you know, you have to take some of that into it. Like I said, you know, you get some strange dubbing. I, I struggled with that when I first started watching Euro Horror. But then eventually, it was like a switch went off in my head and I was like, actually, you know what? I'm like I'm in the I'm on the wavelength now and I get it and I've ever since then I've kind of loved it. I didn't I didn't really have it to be honest. After I've gotten used to a couple of them now, I, I didn't with this one I was uh, I was like yeah. that didn't really cause a problem for me and I used to just hate dubbing and just, I, I couldn't stand it being out of It's not that it doesn't still occasionally like that, it, it, you know, it it's doesn't more occasionally obvious. get me. It's something like New York. More obvious to say. It was it's more, more obvious, obvious than that. Um, and this one obviously because some of the voices just didn't went down. Yeah. Um, didn't seem dubbed at the, or at least were seemed like the original tracking, but um, yeah, it was easier for me to. Yeah, the only sensibility is just getting used to the humour and the yeah. actual kind of the way that they do certain storytelling. Or that's it, because it is the, a bit soapy. Yeah, that kind of thing. So that's the only thing that is the only like thing that kind of holds me <coughs> holds me back from fully embracing certain ones is just like that part is like yeah that feels like that doesn't match the the amazing music visuals that you've kind of given me here at times and that's the only thing it just still feels a bit like inconsistent in parts I'm going to have to do that uh, but even the clockwork orange to you (laughs) (laughs) just brainwash you but even um, but but then again but then again as we know like this this film is um, even in the the cut that I assume the same one you watched said about that this film was kind of parts of it were lost and had to be restored and kind of put back together and you know there are parts and even then I think there are still parts that they say are missing or haven't yeah. been completely they say it's meant to be completely restored but there are still parts they say are missing or reasons certain parts of the film seem a little bit inconsistent or they're missing something yeah. is because it literally is missing they don't have that reel of the film it was yeah. destroyed or damaged or which is really interesting that this film had to be basically completely restored in certain scenes because it was such a like shithouse of how it yeah. left and, yeah. and like spread around of the original cut of the film well, I mean we, we talk about weird stuff like that in it it reminds me of another musty horror we did with Event Horizon where yeah. we found out that so for, like the fucking reel of the film ended up in a salt mine in like Transylvania or something it just, like yeah. weird shit happened to the film destroyed, it just got destroyed because yeah. some, it was left in a salt mine yeah some Transylvanian salt miner probably just found it and was like <laughs> Uh, what's that? Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's, that. it's Paul W. S. Anderson. I don't want to watch that. Yeah. He just watched like all the Resident Evils. And thought, nah, I'm gonna nah, leave that. Yeah, um, the maggot scene. Yeah, when, uh, when they're sitting down to the dinner and uh, yeah, yeah, that's was... fucking gross, man. I have this. I don't know what it is, but just maggots gross me out so much. Yeah. I remember watching uh, watching Ghost Ship when it oh, first yeah, came yeah. out. The, one of the best openings ever and in like the you know 2002 when it came out it was the best thing ever yeah. <laughs> I remember like a few years ago I was really high watching it and I I, 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 I was like watching maybe half of it and I was like oh, that's a decent and then something switched in my brain and I got terrified <laughs> I had to like lie I had to lie on the sofa stop sitting in my chair because I was like this ghost behind me and you know the classic thing of like, if there's a wall behind me, I'm safe. <laughs> I need to see everything. And I was terrified, man. Um, 
but that, the, that, that paranoia comes with what you can see. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but there was a um, there was a scene in it where they find a whole bunch of old a bunch of food. Yeah, yeah. Carl Urban and somebody else start scranning it, um, and then they look down and it's turned into maggots. And that stuck with me so much. I was say, we talked about that in our we did. Um, Valentine episode. Yeah, because it's, he, gets the maggots he eats the, the maggots. Chocolates. And I said, I probably said then, every time I ate rice for like five years, I was disgusted by Egg it. Egg fried rice does, Egg fried like, rice. It does look like maggot, mouldy maggot. It basically. does, man. And this film triggered that in me again. I was like, <laughs> you know, I was watching it and then... They find well, they it rain in the down hand, from rain the ceiling, down. and they're in the and they're all right, like screaming, yeah. and you see that, and they're on their skin. It almost looks like this. I when I first saw the bit with the like the skin, it looked yeah. like it looked like they were coming out of their skin. Yeah, they, they were digging into them, or their skin was peeling. I was like, what the fuck is that? I was like, oh, it's it's, it's the maggots coming down yeah. for the hair. Oh. I thought their skin was like <coughs> peeling, or maggots were coming out of their skin. I was like, fucking out. It's so gross, man. Yeah, it's um, but it but that sets up another incredible moment i think where not only does it kind of like move you know move the plot forward because i i wouldn't say that the uh that the movie's kind of thin on plot because i think you know i think given the time i think it's like an hour and 40 minutes long yeah um i think it's paced pretty well but we kind of you know we get this we get the really shocking opening then we're introduced to most of the characters and, and then through the studio through the yeah. studio then we have that kind of dance scene where Susie f- passes, passes out, out. Then, yeah. and then I f- and then there's that's that does actually work really well because the doctor comes um, Sarah is like what well, the doctor came to visit you which is kind of weird and then we find out that they say you know she has to have a, like a glass of wine a day eat plain foods which obviously leads up to something yeah um and then, you know, uh, the passing out also. This made me question whether Olga was in on it. Because she passes out and then Olga's moved all her stuff in so that Susie now doesn't have anywhere else to stay other than the boarding house because yeah. and, and the, the, the academy. Because they say to her, Oh, your room's ready, you know, you can you know, you can move in. Do you wanna move in today? And she's like, No, no, I'm fine, I'll stay at Olga's <laughs> and then she passes out, yeah, and she has no choice. The choice is taken and away. Then she's thrown, yeah, she's thrown out of the. And then she's thrown out. She can't live there anymore. And yeah, it does make it, it makes it interesting. With all, but then, do we? We don't see. Olga. We don't see Olga anymore. So it, it does make you question. In my head, I was thinking that Olga's Olga's been taken out. She yeah, can't maybe. live at the apartment anymore because Olga's dead. <laughs> maybe, yeah. That was what I was thinking. That's why Olga can't. Um, doesn't she make can't live there anymore yeah. because then she's told by another. She's not told yeah. specifically by Olga. Maybe um, that's what made me think that Olga's been taken out by witches. Maybe um, we don't know who that was at that point. No, we don't. Uh, we just think the killer or whoever that yeah. those floating eyes are. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the the scene in the in the hall after the maggots because it's fucking bogging. They go upstairs and then they're walking over the maggots. When you get the, the oh. woman in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, where you know, we kind of have these sheets behind them. Yeah. And it's all kind of really well done. You know, they like they're, f- they're having a flirt with the boy and then they fall asleep. And then we get the, the, the Suspiria theme again as, you know, the uh, Madam, uh, you know, what's her name? Um, Madame Blanc. I no, guess. it's not Madame Blanc. It's oh, is um, it the oh the Miss Tanner? 
No, it's not um, Miss Tanner. It's it's oh, I can't. I it, can't think who it is. Yeah, the name the the name of the main witch is actually gone from me at oh. the moment. Uh, Helena Marcos. Yeah. Mater Suspirium. Yeah. She Mater comes Suspirium. in. Suspirium. That's the one yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. She kind of slips in behind them, uh, and go and just lies on that bed and has that red hue again. Yeah. And what you know, one of the main things is every time there is a you know. Uh, a character from the coven who is evil this red hue is with them is behind them even if it's like they're stood in the hallway the red yeah. hue's behind we them. haven't seen her before so she's no, so yeah. but uh the only, well we have the only way we've seen is because they say she's out of town yeah she's out of town. and i think you see a picture because you know but she, obviously she looks younger and yeah good you know um, not how we see her later. <laughs> yeah, and then you have that like raspy kind of like horrid breathing that she does. Yeah, and then and then yes, it, yeah, to get that's what that's what gets Su- Susie, isn't it? The horse heavy. Yeah, Sarah's it? it's Sarah. Oh, is it Sarah? Yeah, because okay. Sarah's you know, like, um, is the one who. It's says really that. yeah. Is really the, the breathing is really. Is really quite was quite unsettling part. It's of just it. unsettling. When they're all just like, like well, everybody else is asleep. Yeah, but those what's two. going on? You know, with, you know, around her, and she's looking around at everyone like, what the hell? And yeah. you're hearing that, and then she obviously somewhat recognizes, but it gets confused because they don't think she's there. Yeah, it's like if you come back just to glow in the middle of the room. <laughs> yeah, just like that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. One so. thing, the one thing I don't get. Well, sorry, man, cut you off. No, I was, I was. You go home. That I was about to go to the the next thing, the next death that I remembered popping into my head, which is Daniel. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the which blind is man. strange because he kind of just gets like well, he gets fired because he's not doing the music to the tempo. That no, he gets fired because Al, uh, Albert, the weird little boy who's dressed like a real, an old Victorian, you know, oh, he's got yeah, like the yeah, weird yeah. blonde. Oh, I the I, dog yeah. apparently attacks him. Yeah, that was it. I, I don't know why I was mixing it up with the scene because there's a scene when she's telling him off about yeah. the, the the fact that the, the tempo, tempo isn't right. And yeah, she's not, he's not getting it. I don't know why I, I just thought that that was funny. Yeah, yeah, I forgot the story about the boy and the yeah. But then she's like, you know, the fucking your dog <laughs> bit Albert, you know, and and it's clear that yeah. the dog didn't because Albert's like a little fucking prick. Yeah, you yeah, see him like approaching the dog. the dog. He fucking. <laughs> Slides his trousers down. Yeah, they want the, uh, he doesn't actually slide his trousers down. But no, they're, 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 they're all like, "Get rid! You need to go. Rip, we need to get that dog rip." Yeah, we need to rip that dog. <laughs> Although that didn't make because that isn't like we see him at an umpar band. Yeah, and I was like, no, no hate to any of our blind listeners, but I was thinking like, isn't half of the fun of an umpar band like seeing them? <laughs> you know, so. but I guess there's still a, a there's good still, base. There's still there's a, a good, good base. base there. Still a good song. Um, um, but yeah. It, to be fair, the, the character. I mean, for the if, if this is the word of the blind coming, yeah. I can tell you, that I can't say that the blind is very well represented by Daniel because <laughs> no, not really. he seemed like a bit of a caricature slash a bit of a joke character. He, he is a little bit. The way he, when he walks in, he just seems like a bit of a bumbling kind of yeah. like character. Um, and then his death, yeah, his death comes out of kind of he's just kind of there in the middle of like that. We get that big wide shot yeah, of him far square. away, and then kind of. You know, we kind of zoom into him as he's there, and, and then you hear the noise. Yeah. Um, and then the dog just goes from. But it looks like it's flying at him. Yeah, it, it does. Like, like, yeah, it's flying at him. Yeah. You know, and it's beautifully shot. It, it looks is. awesome. It does. It look, that's what I was on about that big, like, wide shot because I was just like, oh. 
and then because you, you go from that to obviously the, the sound and noise like traveling but then obviously the dog jumps up and just starts yeah. to freaking go for his neck and just gobbles him up just and gobble and you see like a cutaway obviously where it's just like the dog's obviously just been given like a pile of meat or something he's yeah just, he's just picking up just scraps of meat yeah. off the ground <laughs> um, but then you get the you see a shot of the um, the police or whoever coming towards uh, coming towards and the dog was there and you go back to a wide shot of the dog legging it off yeah. the, but it all plays out in that kind of quick kind of scene but it is quite um, brutal that it's yeah, like his it's own dog that turns on him but that's that is kind of like a um, I've seen it in other Italian horror films it's this dog turning on someone it's, it's kind of like may, I don't know maybe I'm, I'm reading into it but it's almost like that thing of man kind of exerting its control over nature and over like animals and it ultimately where we can't control these forces you know um there's a there's a scene in the beyond which is by fulci um from his gates of hell trilogy and it's an abs it's a banging film um but what kind of happens in it is that there's another blind character with a dog and the dog ends up oh, turning yeah. on her, bites yeah. her throat out very similarly. And then in in Fulci's later, not Fulci's dev rib, in Argento's latest film, Dark Glasses, yeah, yeah. there is a there's the the main character is a blind woman. Um, it's a blind woman and like an Asian boy that she looks after. It's kind of it's like a weird um, <laughs> it's like a weird uh, see no evil, hear no evil. Where like they're being pursued by a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a decent film. It's it's decent. Uh, and there's a scene in that where the dog kills someone, and that's kind of what I think it is. Like I think it's Argento playing with that light. I think it is that is yeah is it but it's that the dog is the idea of this companion, this close yeah the the, the idea that actually the dog is there to protect you yeah to, and for a blind you know for a blind person as well that's even it's very more because it's you're yeah. completely right the the dog is like your world yeah the dog allows you to access the world. So then, when it turns on you, it's a kind of it is a kind of a deep kind of that's that's the most brutal kind of that's the biggest betrayal. Yeah, you that's can have. It's like me turning around now and killing you. It's you just biting me. I I am the deepest betrayal. I'm the only person that gives you access to the world outside. You do. You keep me in a cage. <laughs> I, uh, I give you access to Anna so that you are free. Yeah. But uh, apart from that, I, I allow you to leave and go out and do. Things. You do. You've got, so you've... if I killed you now, it would be like putting you down like a dog. Yeah, you've put like a a small like chip in my heart <laughs> that you can just press I only give and you it just blows freedom, it up yeah. Yeah. just at any, at any will at any, any will. will but that's why I, but I, I make you believe I'm there to your protect <laughs> but really not to just put you down at any point it's really like, you will uh, kill me I think it's like when uh, what is it it's like in I think Justice League or so apparently Batman has a way to kill all of the Justice League just because he's what? human so he has a way out oh obviously you know so he has a way to know how to kill so he has that even though they know he'll never use it He's got to, yeah, I'll never use it. But you talk back to me yeah, one time. It's like, God damn, yeah, Flash. You talk back to me one more time and I'll kill your little... Yeah, or, or Marshall. Kill your screwy Yeah, Marshall Manny to like, you damn alien step on the line, I'll crush your damn head. But how was like, he going to do to some of them? Uh, I think he just knows they're like they're kryptonite or whatever. So he yeah, can just be like, he's just like walking like down the room like, okay. 
But Flash. Very, without, I don't know, he's got to be so quick. So it's like, how do you get, I don't know, I'm sure he has a way to like trap him in a beam. I don't know, I don't, really, I don't know what all of them are. All I can really imagine in my head right now is him just being really like pissed off. Like, right, nobody tell Superman, but we need to take out Superman. And uh, basically, he can probably already hear this conversation. <laughs> so he's like, we need to just fix this. But uh, what I'm going to do is, <laughs> I've got some script tonight, and we're going to tell Superman, I'm just going to walk by slowly, and I'm just going to shank him. It's just like that. Just like, just walks by, just gives a couple of digs in the side. Yeah. Right, he's down. He's dying. He's dying. Right, just slide this into his neck. Yeah. And Superman's gone. Right, the world's protected. And <laughs> oh, he just, <laughs> just walking in going, yeah, it turns out that Superman wasn't the bad guy. Fuck. Well, fuck this. <laughs> or he just, like, the Flash is playing up, so he just rings, like, the FBI hotline. Yes, sir, I have seen Ezra Miller. <laughs> Send the police. <laughs> Dude's gone off, man. He's gone rago. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to Suspiro. Back to the glass. Uh, <laughs> Away from uh, superhero killings. Yeah. Well, that's, I think, where we get, like, uh, we get a scene in the swimming pool, which is, yet yeah, again, there's red everywhere. You know, oh yeah, like... that's how it's like. As long as the water as well, it gives yeah. you. It's not just reds though. I feel like this one gives a reflection of color. It felt like a rainbow of colors because you're getting yeah. the the water's kind of giving off its own kind of colors. It's kind of changing the yeah. whole room. It, again, it just feels like a fever dream. Yeah, but you get that really cool shot that's kind of above them as they're swimming. Oh you yeah, know? yeah, and it's and like the camera doesn't just suddenly cut in. It slowly goes over them. So you know they're like mm, somebody's watching them, man. Yeah, like a. Is that the? Is that the? In my imagine is like the red kind of. It's the red color, isn't it? Yeah. It's along this part of the ceiling, but it's kind of. Is it like a mist? Kind of like a like a cloudy kind of. Like, yeah, it's like a hue. It looks like something over them, kind of like a yeah. proper. I don't. I don't know why that was in quest in my head, but I was thinking of a scene when it was like a kind of. It probably looks like this kind of cloudy aura over them. Yeah. Over them kind of we see that expect. red kind of hue. You see it quite a lot, kind of thing. Know? But it just this one, I remember looking more like a cloud kind of hanging Maybe. over them, red kind of. Yeah. Maybe that's like the you know the witch watching them. I more saw it as like somebody's actually like leaning over the balcony and listening in on this conversation because that's when Sarah is saying like Pad collected all these notes, you know, about like. What was um, going, yeah. about what was going or on what she was finding or seeing or hearing yeah, yeah, yeah. and we get the conversation um, at that same time she says like oh, not only is Pat's notes uh, Pat's notes gone but we're tracking the footsteps oh, you know yeah. everybody's asleep the teachers are you walking. start to get a lot of um, for Sarah you start to get a lot more of the mu- like surrounding her like yeah. something is surrounding Sarah like yeah. she's getting close <laughs> Or the, the obviously the closer that anyone reveals anything to Susie, the more you know that the more you're next in danger. And obviously, this is which Sarah's is death, which is incredible, man. Yeah, this one was I I, I was confused at first about what she was like because obviously her being chased through and then falling into like this one felt like a, almost like a night like a nightmare. Scene, it's very going, Yeah, because like she's going from like a different rooms and when she falls into that room of razor wire which well, at first I was just like you're just in a room full of cables come on woman get yourself out and I was like oh wait you're getting sliced up okay it's razor wire yeah well I was like at first I was like god damn woman get yourself out the string <laughs> just like the straight insane string yeah no, I was like no. come on get over yourself you've got to keep moving you've got I'm to get out of here and I was like oh you're getting oh this blood it's oh, razor wire you're slicing yeah. her up well the, I mean leading into the chase we get uh, we get uh, you know Susie 
kind of started <coughs> starting to fall asleep, yeah. you know, against her will. And then we get the, the that kind of like sickly green light coming on. Mm. We get the witch music, do 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 do, and then we get you know not only do we get like a, a quite a cool chase through the house where you you don't see anybody chasing her, but you yeah. feel like something's closing. You feel like in. it's there, and again the yeah. light and the colours uses a good way, like the point the kind of point of view camera kind of going towards her. Yeah, you've got the colours that are kind of changing, like you've got more than just the reds and stuff. You've got a whole range of light. I remember purples and greens and all these yeah. different colours that, and you feel like it's chasing her as it moves her through and it starts to it feels like it's pushing her at times like yeah. so it's literally like nipping at her heels that's it as she gets cornered into uh, up in the uh, is it, it's uh, in the attic it's yeah. at the top is it because she goes from a height when she comes yeah. down into the razor <laughs> but it's it's so good just the way in which the camera makes it feel like she's getting closed in like yeah. all of the shots of her when she's running there's a particularly great shot where she kind of leaves uh, Susie's room. I think she runs down a hall, and then there's one where she's in, uh, you know, one of the one of the uh, walkways leading to a door, mm. and you it, the space just looks so small. Yeah, you see all of the build, like the rest of the walls around her, and where she is in is just a small corridor. Yeah, and then we get a it jump- really does feel like yeah, it's, it's, it's closing, pa- it's in. panning in, closing yeah. in. Getting there. One other thing I also like is when we talk about like the way it's moving, as if there's something supernatural behind it, is the fact that it kind of tilts from side to yeah. side at points. But the tilting side to side doesn't make it. It actually makes it feel like you're kind of. I don't know why. It kind of reminds <laughs> me of like something like if you're like digging into something, you kind of move it side yeah. to side to make it feel like you're like getting, getting it smaller grip. or closer yeah. or getting in there. Like you're literally like let's <laughs> say screwing it. Well, screwing it out. Yeah, uh, but you know what I mean. Like it's like a nail kind of closing in on something. Yeah, or like the, drilling it. And there's um, you know, there's this. Uh, yeah, the, I don't know. That that thought's gone. Like the Wicker Man. You know, when you have a thought, you're like, oh yeah, this is what I want to talk about. Yeah, um, yeah. That, it's back. There's there's something talking yet yeah, again about the idiosyncrasies of um, kind of, you know, Euro horror or that. <clears throat> There's one thing that they do, which, yet again, does feel very soap and feel very melodramatic, where in, you know, in more, like, British or American films, you get a lot more cuts. So it might be, like, a shot, and then it might cut to somebody's hand on a door yeah. you know and it, it will be separate frames whereas in in italian horror instead of you know just having like a shot of somebody open, you know reaching out a shot of the hand they do a lot of panning and zooming in yeah so it's it still feels like one shot but it kind of i think because it's not cutting around so much sometimes when you cut around you can have like intensity but oftentimes when it's panning it makes things feel more drawn out, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, yeah. Like in that in that shot, it does feel like a lot of like consistent, um, like obviously it's not a one shot because no. it's broken up. Because what they they do tend to obviously cut into it with scenes yeah, of they other do characters. Have yeah, um, you know, quite a lot of them. Most of these scenes have a bit where it cuts from like almost like some a little bit more subdued, like yeah. Susie doing something or someone else doing something. While you cut back to them doing that. But when it's actually in the moment of like following them or going after them, it feels like this constant. You're you're right about this constant like 
it's constantly flowing, panning towards yeah. them. It's constantly moving in on them. It's constantly making the space smaller or larger or yeah. whatever it's doing. It's coming from that distance. So that, yeah. But, yeah, I've, I think you're right about that. That definitely makes it feel more um, intense. Yeah. Um, and sometimes, actually, the cutting parts do actually make that feel as well because the cut, it almost, it breaks you from it for a moment and it throws you back in. Exactly. And back and forth, yeah. back and forth. That's and he, I found this film had a lot of that. Like that. yeah, it it cut to something else and then came back to it and then back and then so you can't see feel like and he's like wait I'm still in the middle of that and now what's happening here with you Susie or like, yeah. you know what I mean or Sarah's getting chased and now we're focusing on something Susie's doing or awake or you know in a sleep moving around yeah. just something as simple as that like she's obviously having a nightmare or something or yeah. a dream in her sleep and then we're back to Sarah who's actually having a real nightmare yeah and there's there's a, a, an amazing uh, kind of scare that got me both times and it's it's the it's the classic that Argento did at the start of the film where uh, where Sarah kind of runs and she goes up towards this kind of darkness and you think okay she's safe because the music stops yeah and then suddenly a hand comes out with a with a razor and slashes sarah and the music oh, yeah. just kicks back in <laughs> and then she runs into uh she runs into that room and this has got to be one of it like the fresher moments in my mind or of horror moments that i've watched from films recently mm. this has been one of my favorites and that's where sarah locks herself in that room and starts to try and climb out and yeah. you see the you know you see the blade going through and just latching and trying to unlatch the uh, the door from the inside it's so inventive <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. you just hear it constantly and yeah. it starts off as like slow and then it's getting more and more as the latch is getting more off yeah, and then like you slicing said, the sound slicing yeah, yeah, clicking yeah. and then you get a great moment that I did not see coming at all where she climbs out of the room and you think she's safe and then she just lands in some fucking razor yeah. wire. It's yeah. so brutal. <laughs> She's yeah. like writhing around. Yeah. And again, that's but that's all what gives that fever dream, like what's going on? Like how, how has she gone through that window thinking she's getting outside? Yeah. She's actually... And we know she's gone up, so you're thinking she's got through or is she about to fall or is she about yeah. to... But not suddenly just fall and drop like... It did, it did literally make me certain think of something more Nightmare on Elm Street kind of the that's way... That's what I was thinking I mean? of, like... like that almost that which obviously this is prior to Nightmare yeah. Street, but you but know, that it, fever it made, dream, yeah, and that weird like that it does it make feel, feel real. Like, yeah, like I could totally see Craven was inspired by these kind of like you know to help with yeah kind of well, the colourful palette that you sometimes yeah. get Nightmare you do on get Elm that Street. kind of red hue with yeah the boiling. And, and I could see how that because because that one felt completely like a proper like oh yeah that felt like almost a that felt like I would have believed if that was just a total nightmare sequence. If Sarah yeah. suddenly woke up and was like, "Oh shit, that was real," yeah. and she woke up covered in like razor blade scars and stuff. I was like, "Yeah, there you go, there you go." <laughs> and if and like like you said, it, it feels really surreal because it's it just comes out of nowhere. You you have that moment that Argento does great where you think a character's safe. Like, okay, she's been chased. We've had the jump scare where she's been slashed. Okay, she's got into a room. Yeah. She's climbed out. She's escaped. She's got to be safe. Oh fuck! She's fallen into razor wire. Yeah. What the fuck was that doing? She there? rivers and she's in pain. Yeah. And she's trying to pull herself out and she's getting sliced more and more. And then and then we get yeah. the, we get the classic fruit slit. Yeah, which looks awesome. You it know, does, yeah, so really well cool. done. 
Um, and then yeah, and then there's, that's all followed to, to kind of move along a little bit with the like Susie is investigating where she's kind of gone and what's happened to her. And everyone's yeah. telling her she's she just gone, disappeared she's in the morning. Taken, you know, and she's know. left like she's left the school <laughs> and Susie it, yeah. doesn't quite believe that. And you've got the psychiatrist who starts trying to explain to her who the psychiatrist was someone I actually recognised. Um, I don't I think I recognised what his it. name was. Uh, is it Ud- is Udo Kia? Yeah, he's yeah. quite known um, in horror circles in, in, in quite a lot of... Uh, he's in Blade, he's in Shadow the Vampire, Dracula 3000, he's in quite a few um, foreign, obviously, uh, because yeah. he is, he's German actor originally. Um, yeah, he, he's been he's been loads. I've probably, I probably like... Um, he's probably one of those actors where I, I've seen him in stuff, but I haven't seen him young. Yeah, Ace Ventura, classic. I, feel like he was, I felt like he was in one of Rob Zombie's Halloweens, to be honest. No, he he's in Blade. He, you're you're thinking he looks like the guy who plays the new Loomis. He does look a bit he like Mar- Martin like McDowell, but yeah. I, I thought I could have sworn he was in something like that. And I, I don't know. I'd have to look properly. It's full for for long as But anyway, Udo Kier. Oh shit! See, he wasn't ha- Halloween. I thought he was as Morgan Walker though. Yeah, I oh, don't remember that character. He was. I'm sure he was in the hospital. Uh, he was part of the psychiatric team that was in there. I don't know why I remember that, but I just I did remember it popping in the red again. I'm sure he was in a Halloween film. Um, but anyway, yeah. So he's quite. He is quite known for quite a few of these, and obviously that makes sense because uh, Halloween was just full of just millions of. Yeah. Rob Zombie's Halloweens were just full of millions of cameos of like random actors who'd appeared in different horror films yeah. over time. Um, but yeah, it's just to be honest, it was odd uh, seeing him young because I'm used to always just seeing that's him, what I mean. as the older actor. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he just caught my eye because I was like, I recognise that guy. I was like, oh yeah, I know him out of quite a lot of. Um, he is quite a classic horror actor now. Um, quite well known for those, old, yeah. or in European kind of based films and stuff like that. So he's he's quite well known. Um, I mean, interestingly, he was actually he was in the Mother of Tears, which um, so Suspiria is, pro- is the Free Mothers. Is the Free Mothers? So you yeah, have Suspiria, the then you have Inferno, which I haven't seen, and then yeah. you have uh, Mother of Tears, which is and he's in that as well, which is quite interesting. Have you have you seen Mother of Tears? Have no, I haven't no. seen Mother of Tears. We need to yeah, we will have to continue the Mother of the Argento trilogy, the Free yeah. Mothers, sorry trilogy. Um, to see, I do know that obviously this one is the best received. Of the yeah, films. that's what I've heard. Because uh, this one was like a breakout hit, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Uh, they didn't expect it to be a breakout hit. They released it in. Um, it got an American release, which it was originally going to get, but they kind of made a punt on it. Kind of. Yeah. Bought it after it had some interesting early, and it actually did. They they literally thought that this was just going to be a small film, and then actually kind of piqued people's interest at the cinema, and then they uh, that that's why. Um, I know the next one, Inferno, is yeah. was actually made for one of his more mo- like actual budgeted films okay. at the time with yeah. American budgeting, um, because yeah, they, they made Inferno, but then um, for some, but, but because of like changeovers, Inferno never got the release that Suspiria did because ah. they didn't want to do it, so it ended up getting more of a, a mini release in like a few theaters, then just got put into video. Awesome. So it, it never yeah. got the full release, so people you know um, never got to have that chance to see yeah. if actually Argento would have got more you know if they'd actually been able to market it properly Argento could have actually got more of a, an American say kind of 
different kind yeah. of his path could have changed quite a bit though because if Inferno had been then you know more American would have gone oh make more films for us maybe so yeah. maybe it's a good thing that he got to maybe stick more in his area yeah, and not cause... get fully embraced by American like studios because yeah. otherwise they would have started to go keep making them because they're making money for us change your thing can we make an American film instead yeah. there could have been a lot of films he never made because he started making Americans so yeah maybe a lot of directors go that a lot of foreign directors nowadays they get taken up they get taken over yeah you know they get offered jobs in America they take them on sometimes yeah they do great sometimes it fucks their career because they make an American film and once you've made an American film and you've flopped one yeah, it can affect you all around the world. Yeah, that's true. Um, a lot of directors have gone that way, so it is a sad kind of thing. So maybe it's for the best that it didn't, but yeah, that's why it was seen as a kind of a flop because it was made on a bigger budget, but it didn't. Yeah, they, they didn't give it the chance. I, I do um, want to watch. And then obviously the third one, he made. He only made recently. So it's two thousand seven. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that one was quite a long time after. Obviously, you know. It was, 30 odd years after yeah it's quite some time I know um, Dark Glasses was and that one's got his daughter in it yeah it? Asia yeah. I know um, Dark Glasses wasn't the best received and mm. I think like he he did a film called Jallo with Adrian Brody in mm. um, and apparently like Adrian Brody was an absolute nightmare to work with they had loads of arguments I've heard, they've heard this been said a few times about Adrian Brody yeah. like, I think Adrian Brody uh didn't get paid for doing it or something yeah. and Argento was like yeah I, did, I didn't pay you because like you didn't do any like promotional work for it you just turned up did it was were an asshole and then like never spoke about the film so I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna pay you your full like wage um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know but they I know have that, said they have yeah. said there is like a there is a peak of Argento and then there's a kind of uh, which yeah. happens with a lot of directors. of course it does not man. like some directors Scorsese can keep pumping them out and they're pretty you know they're really yeah. consistently some have the peak period and then they kind of start to you know John Carpenter's the same he had a peak you like, know I love yeah. I love his stuff but there is a kind of you know you, yeah, you can't no. be saying Ghost of Mars is the same I haven't as... seen Ghost of Mars <laughs> although I watched Vampires and people said that was shit and I thought it was banging it was alright it wasn't I, I thought, thought it was Vampires it was okay it, it's not peak Carpenter oh no it wasn't Assault on you know and I think Argento has the same kind of peak yeah. where this is this is great Argento. this is as he's hit this is him still yeah. doing films that are enjoyable and you know but not to the same level, not, yeah, to the, no. not to the masterful changing level that you got with, you know, Carpenter between the seventies and the, and uh, the like early mid eighties yeah. or late eighties or like things like that. And uh, you know, that's what I mean. It's just that kind of, um, we have that rise and flow of certain Well, stuff I guess like, like things, you know, things who, change, don't they? You know, but then also it is also the case of, as I said, when you're in certain movie studios and systems, it's also the case of, you know, after they've, taken a punt on trying to uh, different films yeah. or different styles and it hasn't worked out for them a lot of those that make the movies go well I'm not going to give you the same money yeah. and I know Agento's had the same thing as Carpenter yeah. where it's kind of like you were at a peak then you tried to make some different kind of films and they didn't match up to the other ones and they dropped and then studios are like well you're a bit you're you're passive we've got new directors yeah. now we're not going to give you any we're money we're not going to give you the same so they had to kind of do it their own way and you know yeah. and that's a sad thing because I would love to know what I'd, like people like this or Carpenter would have got if they just kept going make your vision yeah it just would have make been really your vision man. because so many of their films now get looked back at 
and get more praise than they ever got back in their heyday. Yeah, and, and that's the same with both of them. There is a big like you mentioned at the start, Carpenter. I do feel more. I look at it as like these they, two actors. They have a very similar. They've got a yeah. very similar, completely different filmmakers in many ways, different continents. <laughs> yeah, but they actually have kind a similar, similar pattern. Sadly, like to yeah. kind of seen as masters but never really appreciated at the time yeah. as much as they should have been yeah, like when no, you look I, back at their work and go actually they did stuff that changed these they the, were goats the, yeah. the genre <laughs> yeah no I agree um, um, but yeah you, before I kind of butted in with something you were going to mention about the professor I think you said that you saw oh that. the um, no I was, I was just going to say the, the professor is the kind of one that gives her the first link to the the idea of witches. Yeah, that's kind of where we get our first them. exposition. Yeah. Yeah, Before that, there's... He really kind of is much. there, maybe, to be exposition. To yeah. be honest, he's kind of only in one scene. And he's, yeah. there to, he's there to tell her about the, the witches. And he, he tells them about how they can be dragged down by, you know... Um, well, they, if you cut the head off a cobra, it dies, you know? Yeah, yeah, if you get rid of... So basically, getting rid of the main will kind of kill, like to help destruction of the coven kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Um, so that is our that is kind of our main exposition scene. Yeah, of and we find out about um, Helena Marcos, who was like you know a Greek immigrant, and you know people linked her yeah. with witchcraft, and she set the school up as I found it really funny because they were like it was a dance studio and an occult uh, theatre and occult studies place. It's almost like if you were like I, I don't know like oh yeah we're a, we're a florist you know we're a floral school. And we also study occultism. It's just like yeah. two things that don't have any relation, <laughs> you know. Like, to, like you, you you get one person who's like, like, you know, I'm really interested in like wedding planning, and one person who's like, you know what, I love IT. How can yeah. we make this uh, this one company? Well, is it like obviously the supernatural plays quite a big bit, the bit in it. I don't know why. I I did oddly expect to have more of the ballet stuff in there. I expected it yeah. to be a bit more I think the remake plays the re- quite a lot into like that kind yeah. of dance and the movement and the way that it plays and the from what I've heard that's what I've heard so yeah. I was expecting this one maybe to have a little bit more it, it feels like the ballet bit starts to like go It'll off go after out, a while yeah. Um, I was expecting more like long dance sequences in that kind of, you know, black swanny kind of, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. And we actually don't have that much. No, we don't really. Um, apart from the maybe. early bit when she's dancing and yeah. the bit when the Daniel gets like told off about the tempo and stuff like that. There's not actually that many dance. I expected no. the dance to play a bigger part in the kind of supernatural, like that kind of the way that they'd show in this big artistic way kind of thing yeah. playing into it. Um, that was one part I was a bit like, oh, I'm actually surprised that that was so downplayed. It, it kind of felt like, it, it felt more like just a way to set certain things up, and then after that, like, I don't need that anymore because we've, yeah. we've introduced enough supernatural now that we'll get on with the supernatural part. Um, which is again why they say that I, I believe they've said the remake and the thing are completely different. Well, yeah, I think the remake is like loosely based. It's yeah, it's loosely based on the idea. It takes that part of it, but I think it and it takes the witches at cover, and I think is part of it. I think the witches are part of it, and I think the dance is part of it, but that's about it. I don't think the witches are part of it. I might be wrong. It might I've not be witches. That. I'm sure there's some. Su- there's definitely a supernatural part. Yeah, of it. I've heard that it's I've like so some, loosely based. I know that there's some awesome kind of death, like like bone breaking kind of death kind of things in there. I don't know who or what character. I'm just heard yeah. that, but I do know that Agento didn't like. He didn't like the remake for two reasons. <laughs> the two reasons that makes the spirit stand out to me. Yeah, what's that? that is. Agento didn't like. He felt that the color palette was a dull and kind of boring. Yeah. Uh, he said, which is what made Suspiria 
one of his favorite of his films. Is well, that it, it is incredible. It stands out visually. Yeah. Um, he, which again is one thing I was, I was kind of like, if you're gonna remake this film, I do feel like I do wish more of them would. It, it actually straight away with that one popped into my head straight away was what we said about Evil Dead Rise versus Evil Dead. Yeah. Evil Dead because they said that obviously a lot of them follow the same kind of color palette and I'd almost I could the um the the witch at the end the makeup I was yeah. like I could totally see that Sam Raimi was inspired by that to do the yeah. makeup for Evil Dead um and, but it's that kind of color it's when things are going off and going crazy that's when in Evil Dead we've got those green hues and those colors and stuff yeah. like that. and it's the argument we made about Evil Dead Rise about the fact that it just felt a bit dull yeah a in, bit in comparison like the all of the makeup and the colors and the visually it felt dull. toned yeah. down which is yeah but partially what made me love the colorization and the crazy visuals is what made me love the Evil Dead. Yeah, no, and, is, and And that's what I find is what sounds like the remake's done to this is it's yeah. got rid of that color, which, yeah, might work well, I think, but I will say, I think I, I will be, I know I'm almost going in a bit disappointed with the idea that we're not going to have that. And also, I know the music is, the other thing was oh, Gento okay. said, the music, it, the film doesn't have the music impact and it doesn't have that same and it hasn't used and he said like he feels that the music and the colour is what made Suspiria what it was I could agree I think I and agree and removing that. that element he said basically makes it not Suspiria you know that, and that's kind of what he said so yeah. we'll have to re- review Suspiria yeah, the remake um, knowing it's a film that's nearly double the length of this film. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like a long ass film. It's like two and a half hours, I think. So yeah. um, we will we will come back to you with that one on our thoughts. We will with a comparison when we get to it. But it was just interesting to think about those kind of. No, I think it's worth the the thing that really stands out to me about Suspiria and what made it different is the the way the music and the visuals and yeah. the color and and that's what I really love about this. And it's just interesting to hear that something that was called a remake and it it doesn't use any of that it's like it sounds like just because they've done a, a supernatural horror in a dance studio and they've had to be like it's a spirit <laughs> yeah I mean I, I read that there was a, a much there was originally going to be planned a much more faithful uh, yeah. remake but then um, it got it got canned and it whoever was, came um, in it was David Gordon Green. Yeah, that was yeah, David was Gordon Green. Originally, that would be really interesting. That would be very interesting. He had the script originally, yeah, to do, and his was much more closer to the original, or in the same vein as like Halloween, where it had a kind of a big yeah. link to the original, and then when a new director came, like uh, yeah, when I uh, know it was the same director was involved. I believe. Okay, but then he when he took over, he decided he wanted to go further away from it and take it in its own way. Which to be fair, I think is a good that, choice. But I think that's the way that a lot of remakes should do. Is they're yeah. normally better when they go away. So it's yeah, not no. that I'm not going to like it in that way. It's just hard when you love the things you love about the original might be taken away. Yeah, and um, I think because it's so distinct in its style, you yeah. know. That I like, I I don't think David Gordon Green could have done a good Suspiria film simply yeah. because the way I've seen it from the trailers, it it, look, the visual palette actually looks what I'd expected David Gordon, Green, <laughs> yeah. which is similar to you know like Halloween's coloration yeah. is what I'd expect. Um, and I, do yeah, I do I do believe that actually uh, I believe there's a little cameo from Jessica Harper, the original Susie. Oh, okay. In it, I don't know if that's just a, a face in the background or yeah. an actual scene. We'll have to watch it, man. Um, we but kind of going back to the film, let's uh, get back into the original. I kind of, I strangely like that we get the exposition dump quite late 
Because I think for a majority yeah. of the film, you're wondering what's going on. I think, you know? I think and it's also, that's embedded through Susie's character. Because yeah. She's new to this. She's almost getting her bearings and she never really gets a chance to get her bearings. Yeah. So she never really gets to the point when it feels like she's fully really investigating because she doesn't really have a clue what's going on. No. She's very confused. She's having, It's not until she starts to kind of get a level ground of like something's really wrong here, more yeah. connected through the Sarah character because she hasn't really made huge connections to people yet. No. Sarah's the closest she gets there. So when everything weird's going on, she's almost thinking like this is normality but because she's got to know Sarah a bit more, that's the kind of the, the thing that makes her go this isn't right this yeah, is really wrong that's but why I felt weird things but maybe this is just Germany <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe it's just the Germans <laughs> maybe this is just what Germany maybe, is like yeah. there's floating colours and sounds and there's weird eyes and, and screaming yeah. and there's, you know maybe this is just you know this is what I heard about Germany this is what, yeah. you know this is this is this is post Nazi Germany maybe this is just the way in which things this are this is way this is their normality that's fine maybe I've got to adjust there. to it just like I said I had to adjust to the Italianness of this film I, yeah. she has to adjust to Germany this new, um, strange new world but when her yeah, when when Sarah is gone and she starts to question it and she realizes they're lying and obviously Madame Blank's being very confrontational about yeah. certain things and uh, she's getting those little moments. That's when it starts to be okay. I I need to understand this and that's when she gets the you know the, yeah. the doctor uh, the and, doctor and I think it works really well because we are watching it going like what the fuck is going on here yeah. we're just as kind of it does get to the point season. I think when you need the you start to be like I need a bit of context here yeah but then I think it comes at the in right time. at the right time yeah, yeah. you know because it is like <laughs> this is witches and you're like okay now I think I, I think like I know who's in on it whereas before yeah. I think if you were like well it's witches at well, the start the interesting thing is I think if you came into this as a Argento fan before <laughs> but you'd seen it if you saw his film in order of yeah. the way he made them, I think you would be at a point where like, yeah, there's lots of colorization. There's lots of things like that, but because you're still seeing some kind of physical being at times, yeah, I think you'd still be questioning as to whether this is actually a slasher or is it yeah. supernatural? Yes. There's supernatural elements. You know that that was it, but you could still say that a lot of that's like fever night dreams and stuff like that, not actual supernatural. Yeah, and then you've got the slash element. You could be saying that like the lifestyle that the ballet dancers take, and that is something played in a little bit is that their lifestyle, the way that they have to live and dance and be healthy. So, is this causing them to be kind of in this kind of unusual trance? Yeah, is someone just going around killing them or doing things to them? Um, not so much the witches part. So no. when it's finally confirmed with the witches idea, you finally kind of as an Argento fan might be oh, this is. We've delved into a supernatural film. We are no longer just in that giallo kind yeah. of cinema. We're now actually doing supernatural with him. Yeah, that's it. And, and I, I think, think it's, it's a breaking point in this film when it allows you to kind of see the film in a slightly different way from there on, being like, okay, witches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all of this light and all of these effects now now clearly make sense. I get this kind of weird fairy tale fever dream yeah. that we've made and the colours make sense within that with the witches and the colours that we're seeing which are a lot of reds or greens again in yeah. my head just witches that makes sense yeah no I think so I think like while some people might think actually you know what maybe the exposition dump comes a little bit too late I, I kind of 
I, I think it's quite well placed, you know. I think I think it's okay because I always feel like if a, if an exposition dump is, you know, it comes in yeah. the majority of films, and if it happens too soon in the film, I feel like then every conversation following that is just about that exposition. Yeah, which is it's a down it's a downfall in a lot of films, especially films that have a mythology. Yeah, um, I find I find that if it gets to a certain point in the film and we we kind of have someone explain that to us early every conversation tends to link back to it somewhere and it gets really boring yeah no. it gets really overplayed or that's when because they've already introduced some of the mythology yeah that's when they start to feel like they have to add extra stuff or expand it and we've had this before so it's one of the things that pisses me off with a lot of supernatural ones is they they go too far with it they yeah go on too long i guess the point where i don't give a shit <laughs> Kill yeah. someone. Do something. And kill someone. Start Dana. adding stuff on that you almost can't. You can't live up to the level that you're building this up. To. Yeah. So I kind of like the fact that this is quite underplayed and there's not too much. Yes, we say witches and we have him talking about it, but it doesn't feel like it's overdone and it doesn't yeah, feel like no. we spent the whole film having to put it into context. And I feel like Agento. The whole point is that he's not putting it into context. He yeah. wants you to feel unnerved and unsure and unaware of what's going on yeah and if he'd done that 20 minutes earlier half of the stuff he'd seen before wouldn't wouldn't have worked as well no because like you know sarah's death would have been like well we know we know it's witchcraft we know she's being cursed you know as opposed to like what is going on like what did what was pat like looking into what was so dangerous that they had that yeah they had to kill pat so brutally as opposed to Oh, Pat was dealing with ghosts. Yeah. Dealing with ghosts, dealing with witches, you yeah. know? What was Sarah running from? Where did she get why did she go through a window and it turned yeah. into a like how did that happen? Like what are we dealing with here? Yeah. And like so, was there a room with razor wire or was there is there a killer chasing them? Is there someone doing this? Is it someone in the academy or is it something else out yeah. there? Like you have no idea. And that's kind of what leads that's what's enjoyable half the time about a lot of these kind of films is yeah. you don't know what's going on that, that sense of unnerving unsuredness is like what makes you go yeah I, I, I'm into this and it, it is a you know it's almost it is a downplay of fall in a lot of films that they feel like they have to over explain yeah um, you know, I mean, we're, we're, actually we just talked about the Wicker Man and actually that barely explained anything which was incredible man. which that makes had, it good that was a that conversation that has one class, scene where man. he reads a kind of book yeah and that and that was pretty much it and that was didn't feel like an exposition dump we yeah. have we had con- there's conversations where they talk about it towards the end but and you have little details throughout but it's so much better when it's spread out across yeah. a film instead of being like we need to have several big scenes where they explain stuff throughout the film. That shows a filmmaker that's not confident with what they're doing. I think. I think it trusts a great you, filmmaker. Yeah. yeah, trust the audience. Trust the audience, and part of it is like trying to figure it out yourself almost. You yeah. know, trying to be like, okay, what's going on here? Like, like we said about the Wicker Man, um, which if you haven't checked out that episode, go check it out. Um, it, it was a real fun conversation and it's a banging film. But we were talking about, imagine watching that for the first time. Yeah. You know, not knowing the ending, which is incredible, but going in and being, and trying to piece together what happened to Rowan, mm. what happened and what, you know, what yeah. all of this stuff means. And it's, it, I think that, 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 uh, that trust in the audience to find yourself through the film, not to just like 
you know, shit on a plate and be like, well, there it is, you know? Like, yeah, sometimes yeah. you want, you might want that in some I do films. think, and that, it links me back to my, um, my Argento Fulci kind of yeah. difference, I think, between a, uh, what makes a good, like a pretty great filmmaker and maybe not so strong in certain ways. Like, not, yeah. and not less enjoyable in their films, but in terms of their direction or their vision, is the fact that a great director can lay out the pieces and expect that the audience will figure it out. Yeah, and they'll get it. Um, I think say something like the New York Ripper. A lot of that had a lot of scenes where they had to kind of talk about what was going on, or, explain, yeah. or someone had to basically be constantly the detective had to constantly be explaining almost what has just happened to you, or had to be explained. To yeah, you, or someone you know? else had to explain. And it just is. It's it's a lot of and the great directors we mentioned before, um, whether they're those kind of directors or whether it's Carpenter or even Scorsese. Yeah. They just lay out the pieces and put the the audience put it together. It's what has made them such long lasting, well loved is yeah. is that they don't have these lo- long big scenes. It's like it's like if um, John Carpenter, if the thing, and you constantly had scenes where they're going, oh well, I think that this like I, I saw it change into this form, so I think what it must be is this. So let's have yeah. a long scene where we all discuss about what it could be. No. They don't fucking do that. They just go, how can we get right? Like, how yeah. can we make sure we're, how can we make sure we're human? But they don't have like huge long scenes where they have to go on and on and on and on about every yeah. single event that's happened because you've either seen it play out or you need to make your own inference about it, your own yeah. investigation about it. And that's what we've got here. We've got, a, he allows us to make our own investigation, our own assumptions about yeah. it. Yeah, and that's what I'll, I'll give props to, um, you know, like, you know, Robert Eggers and Ari Aster and Jordan Peele, you know. They, they, are, they are these directors who people do, like, quite often shit on them for being, you know, making these kind of, you know, these films that they do. Like the, the you know, the elevated horror that kind of thing but what i actually what i respect about the films that they make is they don't really hold your hand they let you you know figure out what's going on and they let you you know use your use your fucking gumption to go like this is what's going on yeah, you know, they take they take you through a journey on it, and quite often, even when you get towards the end of that journey, they're still not trying to spoon feed it. No, to you. like the the end, like um, that's why the the, the one uh, one of the great things about Midsummer yeah. is like if this had been maybe like you know like at the end of Halloween ends where they were like this is like we've we've got his body into a like trash, trash compactor and yeah. then we're like you know we have like a voiceover like can evil ever really die and it's like telling us something whereas yeah. like the end of midsummer you kind of you're looking back and you're thinking of the you know the themes of it mm. but you have your own understanding like some people think like oh well done good to you danny well done some people are like <laughs> no she's like she's a victim as well yeah some people think like oh you know like yeah good i want to see christian die some people are like he was drugged raped and is yeah, now yeah, killed yeah, yeah, yeah you know like and, and and it's it doesn't then have like a thing where it's like you're putting your own feelings yeah. onto it and each person can take it their own way instead because, of it being so tightly knotted that it's like no there's only one <coughs> way to see this yeah there's those variations and like the lighthouse you can watch it and be like 
You're trying you to can, figure yeah, out. You can see that in a million different, and that film doesn't try at all to explain no. any of it to you. It's just like that's it. You know. Yeah, <laughs> and it's. I think you know that's that is like one of these the great things, like you were saying, a, a, a truly great filmmaker can have that. They don't need to hold your hand through it, yeah. and that's why when we get something like this, like an exposition of it's with you know uh, you know Helena Marcos. Uh, was was a witch who founded this place and um, you know like uh, once you destroy the main witch the coven will die then you start thinking oh shit like yeah. okay so I'm, I'm putting together who the pieces are you know you, you've already you've had all of the pieces and now you're fitting the puzzle together you're thinking shit the headmistress that wheezy old bitch who was in the hall that's got to be Helena Marcos you know yeah and it, it fits yeah, well. you start to be able to piece together the parts. She overhears them as she's obviously cre- creeped inside, and is like, yeah. Susan's in there. And yeah, she's now hearing it play out. But it's not again. It's not a whole moment of where the head has, you know, the leader has to explain everything that's just gone down and explain to you. Yeah, you start to be able to piece the puzzle together because you're like. Okay, so she's the head. There's Madame Blanc. There's her, like talking about that. Yeah. So we know that the leader and there is the question like where you have to come to the conclusion and then we're like, oh no, wait, it's not Madame Blanc who is the leader. It's yeah, mistress. And then yeah, and yes, it's it, it's fairly obvious. But I'm just saying like there isn't a long scene of them going. This is uh, this, this is, is the head. T- yeah. This is the you know I've been here the whole time. And even when you see the um, Helena Marcos, Helen Marcus or her what's her master uh, Matus Superior, yeah, where in her form, there's no long ass like this is how everything's worked and things like that. It's yeah. more about I'm basically I'm going to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's at that point even. Even to the point of like, if you listened earlier to that exposition earlier on, he's giving you the signpost of how she could affect him. Yeah. And she she sees the, you know, to kind of skip to the, like, that kind of, you know, she kind of creeps through the corridor. But when she actually sees Mater Severa, she sees the line, the, yeah. the you know, the golden ring yeah. store around. Um, and she knows what she knows what to do because she's been told earlier in the film. But yeah. again, it's not like made very clear to you because all you can see are the outlines. Like you're thinking, okay, so she can at least kind of see where she is a little bit. But yeah. you had to kind of pay attention earlier to recognize where that's going to be yeah. instead of it having to be like, I need to do this or I'm, I've got some ease. I can easily kill her because I know exactly where she is. Yeah, she just knows to aim for around about the right area, and yeah. hoping for the best. And um, there's another great bit where. Uh, where Susie finds out that she's being drugged. Oh yeah, which yeah, yeah. I the first, I clocked around the same time as Susie because oh, I was like, she, yeah, so when she starts taking uh, yeah the food, yeah, or yeah. she flushes like a whole fish down the toilet. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You block that toilet. My thing was more like, what the fuck is that drink? Because she pours it into the sink. It looks like blood. It looks yeah. like blood, and but then. <laughs> whatever they use for it it literally sticks like it's yeah. fucking washing up like, the, like it's like she's having to pour it and it's like breaking like it's oil like you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean like it's like literally she's having to scrub it off like it's like it's a layer of like jelly yeah. set or something it's like I was like I wouldn't have wanted to drink that anyway yeah that's the way to jelly man I was like that's not no goddamn wine yeah <laughs> that's way too <laughs> thick to be wine yeah it's but it's like and the whole kind of you know, the whole ending is awesome. Um, the bit where she's like, oh, I want to count the steps. Um, and then she starts following it and we get the two cooks who are doing something. Yeah. I got Anna in to translate. 
because obviously they're speaking in Russian. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, Anna, get out of bed and come and like translate this for me. <laughs> and she was like, they said that they're talking. Um, she like the they don't really say. I thought they might be saying something of like yeah. actual importance to the plot. Or like scheming as witches do, but they literally say like, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like talking about something, and then um, of not of note either, and then uh, Susie runs past. They say who goes there? Uh, the one woman goes out and says, doesn't see anything, and then goes back. And this is weird because they say that um, everybody's gone to this ballet, yeah, but then in Russian, uh, they say. Uh, what was going on or who was out there yeah. and the woman replies it must have just been some fool running around or something along that everything you just described to me just made me think of Metal Gear Solid it was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who goes there or like I just there. imagined like a big like exclamation yeah. or a question, question mark, mark appearing above him like like uh, oh it's just some noise yeah well who goes there yeah <laughs> yeah she, she hides behind it knocks on it and <laughs> yeah. runs off <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Um, that'd be class, man. Metal Gear Solid, but in Suspiria. So, um, so Marcus is, um, yeah, the, the the death of Moses stabbed through the neck, obviously yeah. causes with the um, uh, with the pl- the plumage Sarah's, of the bird. Yeah, you know? the plumage of the, and Sarah's corpse, obviously, which that is all awesome, But when she does that, Sarah's corpse. Uh, obviously appears out because the eyes are so weird it looks like drawn on it's like drawn on style eye like kind of, of it looks like it looks like a layer on top of eyes it doesn't look like her eyes it looks they like they almost look glass like yeah it looks like like a glass layer put on top of so I was like I was like what is it if they like drawn to it and put it over her eyes is that her eyes is that them yeah. part of the ritual the plume like everything that they're putting together maybe um, well yeah, that she like comes out of well that the, bit terrified me man because there was obviously like uh she 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 finds the iris, uh, and the hidden way where the witches are going. They're like the carpeted room. That's why the footprints stop. Yeah. And then she goes in. She finds out that you know they've got to sacrifice her that night, which is why they've sent everyone away, but they've kept her there. And then Albert sees her. Pavlo is like, I'm gonna come get you. Um, <laughs> she goes into the room, and the music cuts out again. Yeah. You hear the breathing, which is which is like starts to build that creepiness, and then she knocks something over, and you get that beautiful shot as it follows the balls, and they hit uh, Helena's bed, yeah. and then she's like, "Who goes there?" <laughs> um, obviously, she gets the you know she gets like the the plumage of the bird. That's the throwback because um, <laughs> his director, I think his directorial debut was. Um, what was it feathers birds or something of the crystal plumage uh, yeah. yeah I could probably I could probably google but I'm not going to go with that um, <laughs> so I think that was like a nice little like nod he put in and then she's like hell waits you know hell waits for you behind that door or hell's coming for you yeah and then we get something the bird with the crystal plumage the bird with the crystal plumage yeah that was it and then we get a um a, a, a shot that was very reminiscent of like Nosferatu where the door slowly opens and then like a hand comes out and then like pushes it open and, Sarah, and we Sarah, see Sarah yeah. like reanimated and looking all like cut up and, and coming towards her and yeah then, then she stabbed and then she disappears when the leader's gone knowing yeah. that that's been just dis- knowing that curse has been like destroyed that kind of 
what what feels like they're kind of the entrance to hell because they talk about like hell or something like, that. like it looks yeah. like whatever's behind her has a kind of movement that's like is Weird entrance thing, yeah. to somewhere. Um, but yeah, Sarah Sarah is like when when um, when whatever Meta is destroyed, yeah. <laughs> um, she um, she like basically like disappears like bursts to uh, something and she's she's gone. And then that's when the whole of the place they start screaming into it, and that's when yeah. Susie starts to leg it as we get a lot more colours and shaking and movements and what feels like things like breaking down, like the whole yeah. building was part of the you know, built into this kind of supernatural witch's the whole creative form. Yeah, the and it starts we get, we get fire and burning and she escapes out and we get the explosion of the window as and she the leaves. Doors exploding, yeah. Um as all of that as she runs out into the rainstorm yeah. and the thunderstorm and and the interesting the thing I found so interesting about the parallel from the start of the end the start she's out of her depth she's moving to a new place she is you can tell she's anxious she's worried and then she's scared almost to come out into this big rainstorm and she looks so yeah. uneasy and you've got the music blaring and stuff like that and at the end you've got this kind of different um, you've got the music that's kind of blurred because of the tension of that yeah. but then it seems to kind of calm as you see her run out into the rain and she's not scared, scared anymore, she's man. happy she's she's running in the middle of this rainy thunderstorm yeah. and she's like freedom like she's been <laughs> released every tension that was there at the start of the film is now gone like whatever worry she had coming before she even came to Germany is gone yeah. it's completely it's like a the storm is like a release like a rebirth yeah. Like removed from all of this, like, yeah, and taking that with, and, and and I feel like a lot of that also comes with the whole the ballet part of it is more yeah. part that plays into it. The the regimes, the pressure, the the tensity, the, the the oddness that comes with that kind of whole thing seems to like almost play into the the worry she had when she first needed yeah. to join this whole new thing, and that even that not just the witches, but everything has kind of been released from her. She's been freed of that kind of horrible like you know yeah. regime of a lifestyle has been resolved by killing these <laughs> yeah stabbing um, one up but I just liked I liked that the fact that the two shot at the start and the end yeah. is the same kind of shot really similar yeah of being written and it wraps it up you know? yeah and then like like we said last week we get no we don't really get much of a resolution you know but then I guess that I guess it that might be yeah we just left yeah. the burning that, yeah, that the window burning. I was on about that yeah. burning window is pretty much the last shot that's it and I, <laughs> and I guess it probably goes to like nowadays you know we want or we expect some kind of resolution whereas films more of a wrap then, up more of like more of a wrap up what more does Susie after. do afterwards is, or yeah. when do the when do the police arrive and the what fire brigade and you know is there a is there a hint that one of the witches is cackling in the yeah. face? You know, we expect more of that extra tease, I think, instead yeah, of I just think, yeah. being that's the story we want to tell. Done. Yeah, we expect like the post, like the post-credit sequence yes. of like Argento walking up to something. Yeah, when when the when the, uh, when the dog returns, yeah, the... <laughs> and Susie's throat out. Yeah, or Argento walks up to the dog and it's like. I'm putting together a team, you know, <laughs> like we we kind of always expect these little cliffhangers or resolutions, yeah. you know, or extra details of, or just wrapping it like the person, like what does Susie do after? We yeah, get the tease that she's going back to America or she's going somewhere else or yeah, uh, she goes to bang the doctor. Or I don't know. Yeah, she goes to bang the doctor, <laughs> or even that it continues. You know, she like she's fucking in back in America, and and 
in the mirror we see Susie, the eyes, you know, yeah. like that. Sandra, Susie Banyan, witch hunter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, no, but we we expect, and it, and it all depends. To be fair, it all depends on the quiet. There are some of them that, at times, I I felt feel lazy for just stopping. Yeah, like, it's like that doesn't wrap up the whole feeling of what. With this one, as I said, because it comes that nice full circle moment. I know the witches are pretty much dead. I don't really need to know officially. I don't need to see all of their burned corpses yeah. and the whole building gone and officially know it's over. Um, so that comes to nice kind of a whole circle, kind of like full circle kind yeah. of moment for me. I, I'm happy enough with the story where Same. it ends there. When it, it's the burning, I'm happy with that burning witches screaming ending kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think some of them work really well. There are just, there are some of them in those 70s, 80s ones where it just, it stops and you're just like, you didn't, you still left, I feel like there was too much left on the table. Yeah, I agree with you on that. With this one, as I said, because of the like melodramatic and the scripts, yeah. like, I do so, I do think at times maybe like the Susie character, um, it's maybe not delved in enough that I have enough questions left to be like, I want to know where this is going next with Susie. Yeah. Um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I just mean, I just, it just, I wouldn't say that it's like a standout, she's like a standout character enough to me for me to be like, I want to know where you go next. I want to know more. I want to have the next story in yeah. Susie's story. Um, I think she's, and there's not enough left on the table for me to want that extra. Yeah. Whereas sometimes in these films they build up quite a lot, or they build up characters, and then they just suddenly stop, and it's like, no, I, I actually wanted to know what happened. I, t- I told you the other day about one a John Carpenter one, yes. I watched, which was not a horror. It was one of his forays out of horror, yeah. the sci-fi Starman um, with Jeff Bridges, where he plays as like aliens and that, and that has the same eighty. It just, it just like he, the Starman or whatever, returns to his alien ship. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, it's all played up about the fact that he banged her. He, banged <laughs> he just her banged her to, in order to give her a child because she's barren and okay. she can't have children. And she was just giving them a child, and it sends off on the way. And I thought at one point it was going to be like that. She he's in the body of her husband who died, so he's taking his form by seeing pictures like an alien. Yeah. So all very odd. It, it's not. It's not a bad film, but the fact that just suddenly he goes off and literally it's left with her in the thing as it goes off. But the thing was, she's being chased by like FBI. <laughs> Um, she now has a child in her stomach. You know, there's She's all of these questions yeah. that are coming. Um, yeah, they're being chased by all of these things. The FBI want to talk to her, things like that. She's left in the middle of the desert. <laughs> and all it ends on is just like, the light goes and, and it's like, and credits. Wait, this, first... is like, this is like, w- w- like, sometimes you can't just leave it at the credits. Great, the alien's gone home. What about the woman that's stranded in the desert? impregnating with alien baby <laughs> of her husband who basically sounds like he's going to be a clone of her husband so it's weird that her husband's ba- like she's basically got a rebirth of her husband it's like so is she going to raise it or is she going to bang it <laughs> yeah it doesn't matter the alien fucks that's the main the thing the FBI are going to arrive in a minute and I'm just like the problem is the human story here has been left now wide open like there's so much I, I would have liked an additional scene just to tell me one that she's just back to normality what happens afterwards and just give a tease of like the fact that she's pregnant with the baby and that there's a yeah. happy life all it needed was one extra scene but because it cuts off so suddenly to like ah well he's gone home and the film was about the star man <laughs> yeah. so it's like it's, but it's like well no the star man was kind of deluded of much emotion for most of the film so I don't give a shit about him I give a shit about the other character the, nah the film was called star man not earth Woman. yeah the star man came the star man fucked he's gone I need, don't care so I now need a sequel earth woman earth woman <laughs> to be that earth yeah. woman and alien baby so anyone who's seen that one is is not the it's not this but it's, 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 a, it's a fine film it's, it's okay um, yeah. it was watchable 
but it, it just was like nah you can't just you can't just suddenly just leave some of these but with these ones like that and the Wicker Man like the ones yeah. we looked at recently they both come to kind of enders where I'm like it leaves questions but the right kind of questions yeah like, wraps up questions that. that we don't need the answer to otherwise it could dilute the film itself yeah if I, I know more about the witches and stuff like that it could dilute the film itself if I know more about the island or like like the, yeah. the you know the produce does it happen does it work doesn't matter because these are questions that I should be left with but I shouldn't be left about more questions about like the characters themselves and being like oh where are they like how do they get out of this wait where they're stuck there's too many I shouldn't have real questions I should have bigger questions left I'm happy with the bigger Ariasta you know Robert Eggers kind of what was going on existential questions yeah but if it's about like a character I've followed the whole time and now I really don't know what's going to happen to them next night, I, I, like, I have no idea. Yeah. On a plot-based level, yeah, I shouldn't be left with those kind of ones. Like, okay, fuck me then, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I, it doesn't matter if I cared about this character the whole time. I don't get to fuck know. Fuck you. I don't get to know if they get in safety or if they get banged up or, you know, yeah. the police arrive and beat her to shit death or whatever. <laughs> beat her to shit death, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't... It doesn't... Yeah, that doesn't matter, man. Fuck it. <laughs> Not that that was going to happen. But I just mean like... <laughs> the, police, the police just turn up and just beat her to death in the middle of the desert and they're just... All right, let's go. And they're like, we came here for the alien. Ah, oh, don't matter. <laughs> we brought that story. <laughs> So I think our brains are going to be yeah, like crazy. So but yeah, anyway, there are some that work, and there are many horror films which I could point out, but my mind's no longer getting enough to figure this list. But I think we've both seen horror films where it's just suddenly been like, oh, right, they're dead, that's the end. It's like, you're like, no, what the yeah. fuck happened to the characters? Because there was a, pl- there was an, a plot going alongside this oh. plot, and it wasn't just about the creature. Yeah. I don't, the creature's dead, but what about the, like, you know what I mean? It, yeah, I know what you mean, man. Sometimes you do just need that little moment, even if it's like Scream, where it's just a wrap-up of a news reporter telling you a... Yeah. It just gives you a bit of a more, like, satisfying close. Yeah. And sometimes some of these literally is like, Monster's dead! The, uh, I think it, uh, I think like um, some films need it, don't they? Some films just they just need it. Yeah. You know, like like you know, we say that certain certain films should leave you questioning, going away, and then there are some films, like you said, that just need like a little. You 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 know they feel they yeah. just end really early, and it feels quite jarring some, to watch. Yeah, sometimes some of them do the other the opposite. And they leave, they add an extra part on, and then you're just like, right, what the, f- uh, New York Ripper, yeah, with the daughter at the end like that, and you're just like, what the fuck, yeah, <laughs> like, what, like yeah. why, why did like I didn't, I, there was already enough weird shit going on. I don't need to now feel this weird emotional added ending, yeah, <laughs> like you should that one just end it with him dead, <laughs> yeah, it's so weird, man. yeah, it's so weird. so yeah, it, it all depends about the context of the film and whether you're the kind of film and whether the director's good enough to kind of leave you enough that you're kind of happy and content yeah. with what you've got. Sometimes I just feel you're not always happy and content. No, man. Um, but- anyway, so this, my first Argento, I I, I, did, I did enjoy it. It, it. it was good. You know, I had a few little you know, yeah. nitty-picky things. Um, but overall, I thought it was a, definitely a very well-made film. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a gorgeous-looking uh, horror yeah, beautiful, film. Beautiful, man. I'm going to ask you the, the main question, though, man, is... It, do you oh. think it's must see horror? Yeah, you know, that's what we're here to do. Um, 
you know some of these come some of these come along and it's and because I'd never seen one before yeah. I would have questioned before coming into this I was like is it an overhyped I sometimes yeah. and there are some of these and I do think they'll pop up occasionally where for me personally it'll be I think it's a bit overhyped for what it is like okay. it'll be a classic but, yeah. but that I, that's not the case I don't think that's the case with this one I do have some you know middle nitpicky things about you know plot or script or things yeah. like that which I just find it hard to get past a little bit um, but I think in terms of what he does for horror and making a horror film look so bright and colourful and the music and the tension and, yeah. and just the general shots as a filmmaker I think that these are these are things that you should see as a horror yeah. lover you need to see different type. you need to see a range and I do think uh, you know like us starting yeah. this you need to get out of that American film Hollywood kind of film of horror or yeah. you know the, the safety net almost yeah no I agree and, and these are coming out of it a little bit into classic horrors that you know are going to make you be like oh that doesn't feel natural that doesn't feel normal and I think uh, to say that you're a, mu- a musty horror needs to have a range of uh, a range of dishes yeah you got <laughs> and, it and um, you know a range of cultural stews <laughs> yeah <laughs> and this one um, absolutely I, I think I think everyone should watch uh, Suspiria for that same reason even if it's just to get that one dip into an Argento kind of different kind of filmmaking I yeah. think you should have that go and I, I think it's a strong enough film and a well made film that, that deserves to have eyeballs on it <laughs> yeah well I, I mean I, I mostly agree I mean I'm I am a, a massive fan of Euro horror I've said it before you know I'm, people who listen will probably know that um I I loved this film, man. Um, I went into it not. I mean, I was I was a big Argento fan before, but I didn't really know what to expect, and I think it it went over my expectations. It was a lot more yeah. brutal than I I thought it would be. Definitely, it was genuinely had some terrifying moments. Um, in terms of shots and how it looks, it is incredible. Um, I would say that if if it's not one of the best 70s horror films it's probably the best looking 70s horror film it's absolutely like impeccably shot and just looking it's it's a treat to look at um i i think this of the musty horrors that we've covered i think this is my favorite and i think it 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 would it'll crack the top 25 20 could potentially crack the top 10 we will i mean maybe once we've done all of them we'll do yeah. a top 10 uh just to kind of push ourselves even further when we're about 50 years when we're about 50 years old yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um no i loved it man i think it's musty horror i think people should watch it i think if you're also looking to get into other kinds of horror you're looking to it, it broaden your palette try a couple of other dishes yeah you know i would i think this is a good starting point yeah. for stuff like that um in terms of like like the problems that you had in terms of some of the the script writing um or or the plot or that kind of stuff i'm a big i i like the the melodrama i like the charm of it so for me that's not a negative i actually really like that um i didn't have anything on the social media lounge this time um but i guess just to wrap up um, if you've enjoyed this episode, then uh, please hit that subscribe button and leave us a lovely review. Um, if if you mention that we will beat you shit dead, <laughs> then we'll give you a shout out. 
the next episode if you put that in your review um, I just can't believe that just made me laugh so much we'll beat you to shit death um, and yeah come and let us know what you thought on Suspiria and if you think that it's must see horror you can find us on uh, TikTok, Twitter and Instagram at CMTH Podcast and we will see you next week ta goodbye <laughs>